To surviving on wine and cuss words. Yes. Hi. Welcome. It's been a while. Uh, yes. This is surviving on wine and cuss words. I am Emily and I am Charlotte. Um, quick trigger warning for discussions of childhood sexual abuse, sexual assault, and um, just general abuse warning. Yeah. Uh, okay. That covers it all. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. It has been a minute just since we recorded an episode and that's okay we i keep reminding myself we don't get paid to do this we do this because we want to help in some shape form or fashion and we have terrible schedules that don't match up all the time yeah we didn't realize how bad it was going to be and and so we went from once a week our lofty goal of Having one yeah, every week to, to every, every other, other week. week. And that's still really tough, you know, because I work night shift and then mom's on a on a swing schedule. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard um, for me to get down here and to come see my mom and then record these episodes because I don't always want to record these episodes when I'm with my mom. True, true. So we may, you know, finally get a chance to be together and... I'm like, I don't want to do an episode. Mm-hmm. Let's just visit. Let's just have dinner. Let's just hang out. Yeah. Because it can be very triggering. But I've definitely, I've definitely missed it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I to be too. back. Um, we've got lots of updates. We have a great topic today. We're going to read a couple listener emails, but um, I don't have, we have, we've received several more emails with stories and I don't have enough corks to hang up on the wall. So yeah. I've got to go get some, some more corks so I can hang them up on the wall. So that's a, that's a good thing. You know, I might be surviving on wine and cuss words, but at least I'm not drinking a bottle of wine every yeah. time somebody sends me an email. Although. Um, okay. Speaking you know. of wine, um, I always like to just mention what, what, what we we're drinking yes i'm actually so i got up today and spent my day awake so this is not me rolling out of bed having and coffee. i am finally having a glass of wine on the podcast yay so i'm just having some moscato because i'm a sucker for sweet stuff mm-hmm. mom what are you drinking i have a new one that i tried our daily cab yeah it's an organic wine, and since I started Weight Watchers, it's one less point than the wine. That oh, yeah. Okay. Since we started recording this, you've been on this Weight Watcher thing. Yes. How's that going? It's How do you okay. feel about it? It's good. It's easy. Lots of free, lots of food that are zero points. Yeah. So I can eat them, and I've done okay. I've lost 16 pounds. So it's all about being healthy exactly. and the fact yeah. that I said I was not going to buy any more clothes. Yeah. My clothes were getting uncomfortable and I said, we're going to need to do something about this. Yeah. So I like to save points wherever I can save points. And instead of five points for a glass, it's four points for a glass. Well, cheers. Cheers to that. I, I don't know how many points is in this. Uh, probably five. Probably a lot. Probably five. A lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, well, yes. we'll just have one. Yes, we're just good one. with that. Everything in moderation, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. We we have also had a little, you know, we've had a lot going on. We've had a, a family issue that we're going to have to deal with here soon that I'm not quite re- yet ready to address specifics. Right. But it very well could be tied back to... Our whole general purpose for this podcast. So right. when we figure it out, we may go down that road. But we have had a few little personal issues that have kept us from being in here. And yeah, we don't like that. But life happens. It does. I mean, and you just, you know, we're glad that you're listening. If you have been listening and and asking where we were, because yeah, we got a couple of messages sweet. asking, are you going to record again? And yes, we are. If we didn't have other jobs, if we had sponsors and we had people who were pushing the podcast and and this was our job, we would have it every week right on time. I've got such a mixed 
feeling about podcast sponsors Mm -hmm. because it's sometimes you're listening to a podcast you're so into the story and then the sponsor changes it yeah yeah and i'm like or it'll just be an ad read and i'm like having to skip past it and i'm like Mm -hmm. dang i was trying to relax now i gotta fumble get my phone skip past it so i do love that we are able to record this podcast without in a way that you can just be mindful and really listen to it Mm -hmm. and not have to tune out any particular you know part of the episode right even if it does take us three or four weeks to get one out (laughs) we're gonna try not to do that again yes and i'm i'm more interested in you know a particular wine company saying you know what if you drink our wine, we'll send you the wine that you want to drink. Hell. And, you know, I mean, I'm not interested Mom's in this becoming a job. just waiting on those wine sponsors. Wine sponsors. Because I'm not particular. If you send it to me, I'm probably going to like it. You'll drink it. Yeah. At least I'll drink it. That's sure. But uh, okay. I'm glad to be back. I, I guess I'm more happy to be sitting across from Emily than doing the podcast. But if... Aww. But... We're going to do it. We're going to go ahead and do it. But I'm just so happy that she's here in the room with me. Um, that's that's my favorite part about today. Aww. It's true. <laughs> it's my favorite part about the day is that you were going to come here and, yeah. And hang out. Hang out. We always like got to hang out. Mom, Mom, you know, she's not mm-hmm. very good with the technology i guess oh, God. and I'm... so i have to kind of get everything going I, oh this technology yeah i'm as good as i have to be to make it you know? it's not very complicated it's just a microphone i think plugged into my yeah laptop. well you know we've had <laughs> well, some we've struggles had, we've had some we've fumbles had some i'm not real... gonna lie i'm not gonna lie there have been some and i think you know i tried to do a test audio before we start recording but sometimes you just get an episode recorded and you listen back to it and one of our microphones didn't work but yeah. you know it's like that didn't ha- that's not what it sounded like yeah. when we were testing it yeah so there is a learning curve here and we are learning but i'm super excited uh, mom is going to read a couple listener emails yeah. um i haven't read these always i just listen to them this will be the mm-hmm. first time i'm hearing them and then we have a really um interesting topic of discussion that i know that has really been affecting at least me and, and me and my family. Yeah. Our, us, yes, for sure. Well, let me start. It says, hi there. Um, there's a name here and I'm not sure. I'm not going to say it. Um, I'm so grateful to have found your podcast through a listener tale on an episode of Morbid. You guys are so relatable and I want to thank you for sharing your story. You have inspired me to write my story for the first time. My yes. story... Which is awesome. Yeah. My story is difficult to write uh, write about. It's been 21 years since I disclosed and college and marriage and mm-hmm. two babies and I still don't have closure. I'm not a very good writer, so please bear with me. It's it's all good. It's I'm not a very good reader. If you hear a, <laughs> if you hear a flop, it's I'm not a very good I'm reader. I'm not a very good reader. <laughs> My glasses, I need new prescriptions. Okay. It says I don't know how to begin. I'm 37 years old, married for eight years to a wonderful man, and I have two daughters that light up my world. My parents divorced when I was seven years old because my mom was having an affair that my sister and I knew about and were told to keep quiet about. Secrets are never good. Don't love that. Unless it's a surprise party. If someone tells you to keep something quiet, it's just not good. It it just eats you from the inside out. Eventually, my dad found out in a very public and ugly divorce ensued. My mom married this man she was having the affair with almost immediately after the divorce was finalized. It was apparent from the beginning that he was more important to her than my sister and I were. At first, we only saw my mom once a week on Wednesday evenings and then right back to my dad. The new husband seemed nice and bought us candy, so we thought he was okay. He also had a daughter, same exact age as me, and son, two years younger than me, so he was a family guy. After my mom and her new husband bought a house in our hometown, my dad allowed us to stay with our mom on weekends, and then every other week. It was hard and confusing. My parents fought all the time, and my mom constantly berated my dad in front of my sister and I. Mm. Sounds very familiar. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You okay? Yeah. Okay. Fast forward a few years when my mom and her husband 
bought a brand new home in the next town over. It was pretty and nice and fancy, and my sister and I thought it was the coolest place ever. I'm 14 by this time, and in the summer, they put a pool in the backyard. So, of course, my sister and I always wanted to be there. This is when the problems start. My mom and her husband would allow my sister, 13, and I, 14, to drink alcohol Mm -hmm. and hang out in the pool with them. Mm -hmm. We never got drunk, just enough to feel a bit buzzed. One day, we were all in the pool, and I was resting my arms on a pool float while my stepdad, a.k.a. shithead, was pushing the float around. He had been drinking as well and started to get closer to me. He slowly got behind me and put his arms around me. I was starting to get very uncomfortable Mm. and looked around to see if my mom or my sister noticed, and they didn't. Then he put his hand on my body and put his fingers into my bikini bottom and then started to touch me and tried to put his fingers into my vagina. I felt so grossed out that I immediately got out of the pool and ran into the house and locked myself in the bathroom. I got in the shower. She was 14. Okay. I got in the shower and scrubbed my body all over with soap, trying to get rid of the disgusting feeling of his hands on me. I bawled my eyes out. Once the water got cold, I got out, changed my clothes, and went into the kitchen and sat down on the little wicker couch by the TV and tried to collect my thoughts on what exactly just happened. Mm. Did I imagine it? It couldn't be real. I knew it was wrong, and I was scared. He's a big man, 6'4". He came inside the house and walked over to me and whispered into my ear, I just wanted you to know what a young... I just wanted to know what a young girl felt like. I can still feel his breath in my ear. That's... Okay. Yeah. That's terrible. That's disgusting. Sorry. Story is very hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I definitely know, like, the fear of... The thing about a family member abusing you is, like, they're at dinner hours later. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, the fear of them just being around. And it's like, am I in trouble now? Like, Mm -hmm. what is going to happen? Because you're confused. You know it was wrong, but then scared confused Mm -hmm. all at the same time well it's just like you just walk in and you don't know what version of them they're gonna be right that's yeah anyway imagine i can still feel his breath on my ear i can still hear his voice i was stunned i i didn't imagine it it wasn't an accident that he had that his hand went into my bikini bottom right he knew what he had done i went numb i could not believe it i had to tell my mom My mom and my sister came inside to check on me, and I pulled her aside and told her exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't don't like this part very much, but she didn't hug me. She just looked at me straight in the eyes and said, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to call the police? Do you want to tear this family apart? She was angry, very Mm. angry, Mm -hmm. like all of this was my fault. I stood there looking at her, barely able to keep eye contact. I was crying. I didn't know what to do. I was shocked by her reaction. I thought she would try to comfort me and apologize, but no. Her solution was to keep him and I separated. Mm. We were not allowed to be alone anymore. And and it was probably told to her, not him. Mm-hmm. It was probably told to her, you're not allowed to be alone in the room with him. Like she was the one being yeah, punished. I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I... This didn't make sense to me since he touched me right in front of my mom and my sister but I thought well okay maybe this is her way of just trying to protect me my sister was no help she just told me to stay away from him too I felt so defeated I didn't tell anyone else everybody just went about their business as usual and I just had to deal with it Mm -hmm. once the school year started again my mom would make shithead help me with my homework very very time Every time he would tell me to lay on the floor so he could massage my back, which eventually led to putting his hand down my pants and grabbing my butt. Mm. I hated it. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't talk to my mom or my sister. I already tried that, so I just tried to get through it as quickly as I could and get away from him. Mm. He always bought me gifts. His secret nickname for me was Baby Doll. 
He was controlling. My mom made him teach me how to drive a stick shift car. He would not allow me to drive a car with the radio on, air conditioning, even in the summer, or roll the windows down. If I did turn the radio on, everything had to be turned off when I parked the car. If the car leaked anything on the driveway, it was my fault. He used to open my bedroom door while I was changing and tell me which bra he liked. I would scream and tell him to get out. The day that I finally had enough was when we were out in the pool and my mom had ran into the house to check on the laundry. She was close to me in the, he was close to me in the pool on a float and said how much he liked my body and how he thinks I should wear my bra instead of my bikini top and how he wished my mom looked like me. He said he wanted to see me naked and take pictures of me. I was so disgusted, I ran out of the pool, went inside, grabbed my stuff, and left. Gosh, that would have been at 14 or 15. Okay. One day during the school year, I broke down and told a teacher that I trusted at school. She was so kind and said, you know I have to report this, and I said yes. I went back to my mom's after school, and she came home and was absolutely furious. (laughs) DCFS had contacted her about my disclosure and my dad was on his way to pick up my sister and I. My mom was so mad, she just screamed and yelled at me that I made this whole thing up and just wanted attention. She said I ruined our family and that this was my fault because I couldn't keep my legs shut. I was crying, packing up my things, thinking maybe she would change her mind and hug me and tell me she loved me. Nope. My sister hated me. She wouldn't speak to me. My dad was heartbroken. He felt terrible that he couldn't protect me. My dad was so wonderful through it all. He hugged me, let me cry. The next few weeks I just want to point out how nobody but the victim is getting the shit into the stick. Right. Isn't that crazy that she suffers the most? If she doesn't say anything, she suffers. When she says something, she suffers. Like, how... Like, so terrible. We have to stop that. Yeah. We have to stop that. Yeah. You've already been victimized once, and now everybody in her life is victimizing again. Except for maybe her dad, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, My dad was so wonderful through it all. He hugged me, let me cry. The next few weeks and months were horrible. Detectives and DCFS came Mm -hmm. to my school, pulled me and my sister out of class, and questioned me over and over. I had to go to their offices and give my story over and over. My mom and detectives would tell me my story didn't add up. It was his word against mine. My mom kept repeating, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, with this smug look on her face. When the time came to go to court, I couldn't do it. My mom, my sister, and him testified against me. How could I stand up there and repeat everything in front of everyone knowing that they didn't believe me? Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing ever came out of it. It was, and still is, his word against mine. I haven't had much contact with my mom or him since. After my sister turned 21, she called me crying and saying, I believe you now. I'm so sorry I didn't before. Hmm. She said Shithead tried to kiss her and offered her money to have sex with him. She went to the police and wanted to have them reopen my case, but because of statute of limitations, my case was too old and there was nothing they could do. Mm -hmm. All these years later, my sister and I are finally getting close again and do not have much contact with our mother. She was upset for not being invited to my wedding. Fuck that. I guess the mom was upset. That's what I'm thinking. She was upset for not being invited to my wedding, even though she never met my husband. (laughs) Oh, my God. I said she could come by herself. She said, if he's not invited, then I'm not going. So she was invited. She can't get upset that she wasn't oh, invited. She, she just was didn't invited. want her abuser at, at her, her wedding. wedding. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And I then that's just... heartbreaking. Like I said, there we go. Like The survivor of sexual abuse is the one getting the shit end of the stick. It's even suffering. when it comes to her own wedding. She's like, yeah, I would like to have my mom there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's just these boundaries you have to set yeah so that's completely unfair that she says she's mad at her for not being invited because she was invited Mm -hmm. she was invited on a single invitation Mm -hmm. you come by yourself and she chose him over her again yeah again so uh, let's see i guess that's where we stand bridal showers college graduation 
baby showers, holidays, everything she's missed of ours because she refuses Mm -hmm. to leave him. To this day, she still doesn't believe any of what my sister and I have told her. She doesn't know my daughters. My in-laws have never met her. Same with my sister's family. Every now and then, I give in and try to reconnect from a distance, and she always acts like nothing ever happened and tries to bring him along. Mm. I get my heart broken every time. I don't know why I even try at all. I mean, because there's still love, but anyway. Yeah. I don't know her anymore. I just wish I had a mom. I wish I had what you and Emily have. I'm glad we have what we have. Yeah. I'm sorry for the long-winded story. No worries. It's just a brief summary, but I hope you understand. Thank you for reading. I look forward to hearing from you. Please keep your podcast going. I love them. And and we love that you love yeah. them. But it's so crazy, the similarities. The yeah, alcohol. that is very crazy. Yeah. We also had a pool. And the pool. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I can't speak from her experience versus your experience. Like some of the things he said in here, her uh, stepdad were just just on a no, another level of disgusting. You know, I yeah. just wanted to know what it felt like. Yeah. Okay. You're, you know, that's just gross. That's just horrible. And he should be in jail. Yeah. He should be in jail. Right. Yeah. I feel like you should feel, just know that, yes, objectively, he, you know, if everything had worked out right, he would be in jail. He would be in jail. And, you know, as a mother, I said it, I said it this morning to someone in a message. I said, it still baffles me the number of adult, grown ass adults who don't believe their children Mm -hmm. over their partner. Yeah. Or aren't there for their children's well-being. You know, I'm just glad I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm just glad that at least I didn't need to learn that lesson. Yeah. It came naturally, you know, and I am happy for that. But a lot of similarities there. And thank you so much for writing and thank you for sharing. And we're glad you got to share and write anytime and call anytime and talk anytime. We we will. um, We're here. Mom's like, call anytime. I know, and I don't, I don't know. I get, I get all confused sometimes about what I'm doing here. Like, call me. We'll talk about it. You know, because <laughs> mom's ready to hand out a personal phone number. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted was to hear somebody have some similar story and, mm-hmm. and to hear her story. I can't imagine after 21 years, her listening mm-hmm. to your story yeah. thinking, oh my God, me too. Yeah. Oh my God, me too. Because I didn't, I didn't go into a lot of details about the actual abuse that I experienced. Right. right. Um, I still haven't heard a lot of, I mean, I don't need it. Right. You know, I don't need it. You need to therapize about it. Yeah. You know, Um, and so, yeah, honestly for me, like how similar that story was while it was my dad, it wasn't my stepdad. It was my dad, but, he had a pool and we wanted to go over there all the time because he had the pool and he started giving me alcohol about that age. And so just hearing that story, you know, the more I hear all these stories, the more the pattern is so similar. Mm-hmm. That's why I think if we all just told our stories, you can start to wake up and see this yeah. in people and protect kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know. it's, I saw it in you, which is why I paused for a second to make sure you were okay, because you don't read the emails. Right. On an, and I do read the emails, and and I wanted to make sure you weren't going down a, a path that we needed to stop recording and, and start over, you know, right. because this stuff can be very, very triggering, very triggering. But you know. um, I know she didn't say her name. I just want to say thank you for sending that story in, because, like... I guarantee you there's other people out yeah. there that are now, right now, saying, That's oh, my so God, similar. me too. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine what it's like to have, you know, a mom not believe you. I'm glad you had that teacher who did the right thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you weren't supported when it came to telling your story in a legal aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really sorry because all of that is just so hard and a lot of that was so wrong and like i was saying you just 
You just get the shit end of it from all directions. Mm-hmm. It's just it's horrible. It's just horrible. It's not fair. Yeah. Um, not in any, not in, not any part of it was fair. And and from my point of view specifically, that not believing part, we had um, a man this week in our city who was arrested, an elementary school teacher mm-hmm. for, and the news was reporting that CAC. Uh, Children's Advocacy Center wanted to make it known if you're questioning these children, these elementary school children, do not ask questions, believe them and bring them to us. Mm -hmm. Reassure them, tell them it's not their fault and bring them to us. Everything we've been harping on for, you know, the last three or four months when we're on here. Yeah. It's your only job is to validate what they're saying. Yeah. That's your only job. I mean, beyond that, you can give all the support and love you want, but you must validate what the child is saying. Yeah. Regardless of when they say it, whether they say it when they're 49, because I have a friend who disclosed to her mom stuff that happened when she was a child Mm -hmm. in her thirties and her mom didn't believe her. Yeah. No matter when. Yeah. You validate that person. Right. So that's, that's my takeaway from that. Believe what they say. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you again, and um, we'll move on to the next one, which might segue us into our topic today. Okay. Um, This says, hey, ladies, I apologize if the format's messed up. I wrote this on my phone. Please read if you want. Keep my email anonymous, and I've changed my name and others for legal reasons. So when I say a name here, she has taken the time to change it. So, dear Charlotte and Emily, my name is Amy. I changed my name for legal reasons. I'm 25 years old and living in the Midwest. I heard Charlotte's listener tell I'm morbid. Shout out to morbid because that's what got us a lot of followers. That's true. Listener tell I'm morbid and had to listen to your podcast. Listening to you guys talk about sexual abuse in such an open and caring way really helps people. I know this firsthand because 20 years ago when I was five, I also experienced sexual abuse from a member of the family. I'd like to tell you a story if that's okay. Emily gave me courage. So there you go. When I was five, my aunt on my father's side married a man. This man had a child from another marriage. He was 12 or 13 at the time. He was my abuser. I won't go into detail, but the abuse happened more than once in places that should have been safe havens for me, which just ruins them forever. Yeah. My childhood home and my grandparents' home. Mm. I didn't come forward about these events until I was in sixth grade, 10 or 11 years old, I think. I told a friend of mine, and she thankfully told the adults. Long story short, I went to CAC for a forensic interview, Children's Advocacy Center, in case you haven't listened to us enough. That's what CAC (laughs) is. I went to CAC for a forensic interview and went through the appropriate counseling since then. Did I mention my dad is a cop? (laughs) He was not thrilled to find this out and to this day holds a vendetta against my abuser. I'm sure Charlotte feels the same way about her ex-husband. Fucker deserved everything he got, and then some. Can't wait to hear what karma has in store for him. I have dreams about it sometimes. <laughs> but So I came out about my abuse, went through the appropriate channels, and my abuser still got off with no consequences. When my aunt found out, she cast him away, and now he lives out east. He's 31 now and facing sexual battery charges of an authority figure by an authority figure on a minor. He fondled a 13-year-old boy in the boy's home when his parents weren't home. In the Mm. boy's home when his parents weren't home. So after he left the Midwest, he went on to become a middle school teacher. What a fucking cunt, right? I mean, they pray. I'm not saying every middle school teacher is is a... but they hide among. No, yeah, among that's them. one thing that's, you know, um, well, we'll, we can kind of talk about it. But yes, yeah. pe- pedophiles will often like to be in positions where they are frequently in contact with children. Yeah, because when you're a teacher, you're either a goddamn hero for teaching a room full of, you know, I, you, you're a hero. And then these people hide among those people. Mm-hmm. And it's... Oh. Okay, let me let me continue. The audacity of this predatorial fuck. 
When I found this out, it was odd. I was relieved he was finally getting what he fucking deserves, but I also felt a tremendous amount of guilt. Guilt for not being stronger when I was 5 and 11 years old, which is... Yeah, yeah. that's just ridiculous. Guilt for not speaking up and out about his acts, because maybe then this boy wouldn't have had to go through what he did. Mm. It's taken many therapy sessions for me to not hold accountability for his actions then and now, but Mm. it's still something I struggle with. Do you feel this way sometimes, Emily? If you do, I'd love to hear if you have any tips on how to cope. Do you feel guilt? He didn't, as far as we know, he didn't move on to anyone else ever during that. I mean, because the day you told me he went into custody the next day and hasn't been out since then. So we know no children after, I mean, but. I actually do have an experience where I do kind of feel guilty. Um, we took on, my dad had two foreign exchange students who were both um, females, underage, you know, 14, 15, um, while he was abusing me, took them in and they were, you know, alone with him when we weren't there. And that, I think about that sometimes. Do you know, did they ever, they, they were said, gone they before were, you I disclosed. mean, they had trouble speaking English. Right. So I let remember. alone getting across something as complex as. Yeah. But I think, I think his, in our situation, I think his focus was on you. Right. You know, I think, in a way, I almost think... No, because I can think of times that he crossed boundaries with the foreign exchange student. You think so? Yeah, I can. Um, We had our foreign exchange student, and she was in the living room, and she was wearing pajama shorts and a t-shirt, and he said something to me about how good she looked in the pajama shorts. Mm. Well, that's... And... It's always about, you know, if they're willing to say that to you, what do they say in their head? Mm -hmm. You know? Right. If they're willing to do it in front, you know, you see something in front of you, you can't imagine what's behind closed doors. Right. So, um, yeah, I feel guilty about that sometimes. And I always wonder, you know, if they were ever abused. with it or if anything ever happened. Yeah. I know they, I mean. I know they know because... um, Nanny told her mom. They were given alcohol underage. Mm-hmm. You know, when we had alcohol, they were allowed to have it. I think they had it, though, in Italy. One of them was from Italy, right? And she would She's have... She's from Spain. Spain. But Sorry. their drinking age was 18. She still was underage. Okay. For there. Well, yeah. I know they know. So they... Not yeah. that it would be easy for them to come out and... Yeah, say anything just not about even, it. Yeah, one left early, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Left one of halfway them left through the halfway year. through. Yeah, and who knows what she went back yeah. and said? Like, this is my experience in the United States. I don't, I don't. Well, I mean, she lived with a pedophile, right? Yeah, you know? so pretty terrible, right? If and, I had to be honest, yeah, I don't. That's, uh, yeah coping that breaks my heart that breaks my heart because that was a few years before i had finally disclosed to my mom mm-hmm. and so sometimes i wonder you know if that had come quicker if you could have changed it for them right yeah well learning to let go of guilt there's no like she asked if there's any way you cope with it there's really no way to cope with it you just you, just, you have to forgive you yourself. You have to let go. Well, you can't blame yourself for other people's actions. Right. You know, I feel more guilty about taking my little brother's dad away sometimes. That's something that I feel some significant guilt for. Just because I know sometimes I'll, like, see somebody who has a really, really good relationship with their dad. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, a true, like, father-daughter mm-hmm. relationship. You know, and they always have their dad to rely on, like, I kind of miss that or, like, miss having that. And so I guess I kind of feel guilty for taking that from my little brother because he hadn't, Mm -hmm. you know, experienced any of the abuse. 
Just neglect. And so... Yeah. That is something that I struggled with for a long time. But it's not your fault. Right, exactly. And that's basically what it comes around to is that you're not responsible for his actions. He made that choice to no longer be in his son's life when he committed acts of violence against a child. Right. That was his choice. And acts of abuse against a child. And so, yeah, that was his choice. Yeah. It it has got nothing to do with me. Got absolutely nothing to do with Mm me. And that's good. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we'll get back to it. Anyway, I learned of this information from my dad being a cop, and I'm not surprised he found out first, then told me. I found out, and I wrote the judge assigned to my abuser's case, the district attorney general, and even the state senator of Tennessee. I've spoken with the lead detective, victim witness coordinator, and many more professionals who are defending the victim. The child is a minor, so he has remained nameless and only made statements to the police. I don't want to sound like a hero by any means. That's not my goal here with writing and cooperating with the authorities. I just want this little boy to feel like he's not alone. Right. Like I did for 20 years. Like he's got an army around him, Mm -hmm. family and non-family alike. I understand that. I get that because every email I get, I want to hug. I want to hug them. I want them to know they're not alone and that I believe them. I want to give him his voice back that was not his fucking monsters to take. Mm. If I could put into words the rage I feel for this boy and myself, this entire letter to you would be splashed with red wine and written in curse words in all caps. Yeah. I get it. That's the way my journals look. Yeah. I wanted to tell you this because I was inspired by your podcast to speak about it out loud and with no shame. You shouldn't have any. Yeah. It's always frustrating to me that the victims are left with the confusion, mm-hmm. guilt, shame, and disgust while yep. the abuser feels no remorse. It's nope. exactly what you just said. Yeah. It's, it's re-victimizing. Story. Yeah. yeah. I talked to the DA recently and they said he's looking at three to six years, not fucking enough, and he'll have to register as a sex offender. The DA asked me to testify in this case if this case goes to court and they need my testimony. I said yes. My family was shocked that I said yes, but to me, it's the right thing to of do for it this is. little boy. It absolutely boy. is. Mm-hmm. And for my own inner child. To sit there and look him dead in the face as I fuck up his whole world more. Which sounds vindictive, I know, but in my process of healing, I want him to burn and suffer. Mm-hmm. I get that. I have a I have a bottle of wine for when somebody tells me one day that he is no longer on this earth. Mm. So I get the vindictive. Mm -hmm. You don't have to carry it with you, but I get it. I get it. Um, I know karma will do that for me in her time. I'm sorry if this letter seems a bit discombobulated and rambling. I just had to tell you guys my story and give you praise for being with me and all other victims of sexual abuse. There aren't enough of you guys in the world. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me courage and kindness for myself again. I will attach the news article about this man so you guys can have more information if you wish. Thank you so much for reading this and giving me the courage and advice I need to keep going. P.S. Thank fucking goodness Charlotte isn't delivering pizza anymore. Fuck delivering pizza to a murderer. Can't pay anyone enough to do that shit. I hope your cups are always full and you get everything you want and need out of these new chapters. And I hope we get everything we want and need out of these new chapters in our lives. XOXO. Yeah. So I just want to say, you know, you're incredibly brave Mm -hmm. for going on the stand for this little boy because... You know, that last story where she said that she felt like everybody was against her. So she ended up, you know, not being able to mm-hmm. get I mean, on the stand. You know, you're actively changing that for these new kids. I mean, you think about how hard it was for you to get on oh, the stand. Horrible. When there yeah. was a a football locker room game plan with your team behind you for yeah. you getting on the stand. And it was still yeah, probably one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Right. You know, and, but, but for her at, it was 14 when it happened. So she was probably 15 or 16 by the time that rolled around Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that no one believed her. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's terrible. 
And, you know, I know there are people who have written in who have their stories that say, you know, I still suffer from PTSD and depression and it's, it's understandable. Yeah. It all is, which leads us into what you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. Depression. 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 Everybody feels it. Yeah. And you're not alone. It's natural. Um, I have been experiencing some pretty intense. Yeah. Serious depression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I am a new graduate. I'm working as a nurse. There's been a lot of traumatic things that I have dealt with at work Mm -hmm. and I'm burnt out. I'm feeling kind of depressed. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I feel great today. I know. It's hard to talk about it when you feel great. Yeah. It's just, I I mean, it has been rough. It feels like I've done a sleep whenever Mm -hmm. I'm off. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just sleep for hours and hours and hours. I'll wake up. I'll go to the couch. I'll just sleep like, I'm having trouble, like, enjoying things that I used to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, Things feel different. And so many things, if left unchecked, can happen Mm -hmm. when you're depressed. Right. The worst thing in the world, too, is, you know, telling somebody just to cheer up. We we know we don't want to hear it. That's like it telling water not to be wet. Mm -hmm. You can't just cheer up. Half the time, you don't even know why you're depressed. Mm. A therapist or somebody could trace it back to, well, I, I've i been going through some depression and it could very well be, you know, linked to maybe some of the podcasts, some of the emails, because mm-hmm. I'd feel so sad yeah. for some of the people sometimes. Yeah. So there's always a trigger, but you can't just fix it. Yeah. You can't just fix it. You have to love that person. You have to lay down beside them and say, okay, you don't want to get out of bed today. I'm just going to lay with you. Mm -hmm. But, but you have to tell somebody. Mm. If they don't know, like with you, I I felt so bad when I got your message the other day. I've just been really depressed lately. And I'm like, why didn't you call? Why didn't you say anything? Well, it's because I'm up at night. I know, but I'm up at night sometimes too. Yeah. And I'm your mom. And you can call or text any hour of the day. So yeah, work has just been oh, work has crazy. Been awful. Oh, no. it's been so difficult. It's so hard. It's oh. hard to live with that the stress and anxiety, and then the depression when you're off. When you're yeah. off, and you're supposed to be relaxing and enjoying yourself. Yeah. And also, in respect to our topic of just childhood sexual abuse and and the things the way it tears families up if you don't deal you're going to be depressed Mm -hmm. you're going to be depressed when you disclose you're going to be depressed after it happens to you whether you ever disclose right and it's so important to reach out to someone and like our one of our listeners who no one believed you know i just that's why we continue to put the phone numbers in here. We continue to, to mention places that they can go where people will believe them. Yeah. You know? Because the worst thing you could do is end your life. That's that's the worst thing because that is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yep. And you you know how you eat an elephant? One, One bite, bite at, at a time. time. It might look huge and overwhelming when you're standing in the corner and it may depress you, but with holding hands with the person next to you and the people that we can put you in touch with or, or give you guidance, mm-hmm. they can help through that depression. Yeah. They can help. But, but you know, especially when you don't see the person every day, tell me next time. And I'll tell you, you know, we're, we, we love each other and we're here to support each other. And depression is so manageable but you have to know and you have to do something about it it's not gonna fix itself yeah it's not gonna fix itself one of my favorite podcasters he he always says mental health is not your fault but it's your responsibility right right and so you know one thing i did is to make sure i had my medication plenty of refills on my medication um i'm trying to get in and see a therapist on a regular basis Mm -hmm. Um, so you're taking responsibility. I'm taking steps 
you know, I'll be sitting there and I'm like, I know I don't feel good now and I know I'm not in a good place and I'll take such important, like those steps. Mm -hmm. I still have to take my meds. I still have to get up and go to work and just some personal responsibility. I've got to clean the house because it's going to make me feel better. You know, at the end, you're going to feel better, but getting and taking that first step is hard. Oh yeah. And I did the same thing a couple of years ago because I do, I'm terrible with SAD, seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible. And I knew it was coming. And around October, September, October, I called my doctor and I said, I don't want to go through the same thing I went through last year. Please, please help me before we get to the time change. I, I need, I need your help. And he did. And I've been on you know, some form of medication ever since then. And it helps. It doesn't take it away. Everybody's going to be sad every now and then. It's not saying you're abnormal for being depressed or you should be embarrassed for being depressed. Just to ask for help. And And on the other side of the coin, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm depressed, help them. Yeah. The worst thing in the world you can do is say, oh, God, they're depressed again. You know, and and write it off as something. Or they just want attention. Well, Mm -hmm. of course they want attention. They want help. Yeah. They came to you for help. Maybe all they want to do is take a shower that day. Maybe all they want to do is go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Maybe all they want to do is hear about your day Mm -hmm. so it can motivate them. So many ways we can help people with depression. Mm -hmm. Making sure they've got food. Food, water. Yeah. And like I said, you don't have to drag them out of bed, lay down in the bed with them and talk to them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to drag them off the couch. You don't have to push them in the shower. Yeah. it It's it's something we all deal with. If it's not us, we, we've known someone who mm-hmm. has been depressed. And some of us have known people who have been super, super depressed. And sometimes it takes a village. Sometimes it takes a yeah. team. And be there for your family, be there for your friends and they'll be there for you. And it'll just make the whole world a better fucking place. Yeah. If we don't write people off who are depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. I'm a little emotional about that. Yeah. We got more depression running through this family lately than, than we can deal with sometimes. Yeah. But we are dealing with it. Yeah. We are dealing with it with a, more than a handful of professionals. Yeah. Because it's not just me and you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just us sitting here therapizing with each other. Mm-hmm. We need help. Yeah. We don't have the right answers we all the time. We need professional help. We need professional help. And we get it. We get it. We, yeah. So I, I can't stress that anymore. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's been really hard for me at my job. It feels really... I have, um, you know, just been really struggling at work and I have a lot of concerns that I want to bring up to my boss, but as a result of the trauma I experienced as a kid, I am terrified to confront any boss I've ever had. Mm -hmm. I'm like terrified to confront like these authority figures in my life who are supposed to be in charge of me because I want to make them happy. I want to make them so happy. And I see that as a direct result of my childhood abuse, how now employers use that kind of against me Mm -hmm. where, and and then I get put in situations where, um, you know, maybe my patients aren't safe and, and I have to buck up and like get through the trauma of what I experienced as a kid so that I can stand up for my patients. Now other people are depending on me to, do the right thing. Yeah. As a people pleaser, that's all I need to hear from yeah. from my boss or something. You did such a great job on that report. Can you write the next four weeks reports for mm-hmm. us? Oh, gosh. Even though it's supposed to be divvied out between people or something. You know, that's not a specific example, but something like that. Yeah. Because as a people pleaser, all we want to do is have praise for a job well done. And they know that. Yeah. And then they'll your, your boss will call you and say, oh, my gosh, that patient just loved you so much. You think you can work the next five days in a row? You know, expecting you to say yes. Yeah. And you did in the beginning. You took a lot of overtime. I did 
didn't take a lot. Well, when you were talking to me about it, I told you you need to stop. I know the money's good, and I know you're you're starting this new life, but you need to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. You have other people's lives in your hands, too. Yeah. So if not for you, for them, say, you know, I just can't. I'm not in the mind to do it. And then, you know, you just... It's just really easy to get burnt out as a nurse. And this is not a podcast about, yeah, you know, well. the profession of nursing, but it also has a lot of challenges right now that I'm trying to navigate. Which lends to any depression that just might be lingering. Right, right. Um, and then night shift. Oh, that's horrible <laughs> for the depression. Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible because you're tired all the time. Mm -hmm. And today was really great. You know, I switched. And sometimes I have to do that for myself where I'll, you know, lose a day because I'll wake up for a little while and go back to sleep that night instead of staying up that night. And it sucks to lose that so that I can have the next day Mm -hmm. in the sun Mm -hmm. where I need to be. (laughs) Well, I know. Swing shift for the last 15 years. It's hard on a body. It's mm-hmm. hard on your soul. And I know many, many times I'll sit in the in the living room an hour away from having to go on night shift and it's pretty outside and I just start crying like, I don't know what's going on and, and Bo will ask me what's wrong. And because I spent six hours today standing in the kitchen preparing meals for the next four days while I have to go work night shift and Mm -hmm. it's 75 and sunny for the next four days and I'm gonna be asleep yeah and and if you don't get the sleep because you try to get some of the sun then it just compounds yeah then you're just so tired and yeah and then you know people aren't always the nicest when Mm -hmm. they're sick and in the hospital that's true i had one woman tell me that i was the worst nurse on the floor and you weren't even her nurse i wasn't even <laughs> her her daughter's nurse oh so gosh I, I and you know when that stuck with me i was just like you know i'm so frustrated i've got all these other patients to see and you're mad at me and i was just waiting for her to be like get me your manager because i was gonna do that thing where i turn around and i'm like I'm actually the charge tonight. <laughs> so I'm also you just in charge. A, you yeah. spin a 360 and say, uh, I'm hi, in charge how can tonight. I help can you? I help yeah. you? <laughs> and that's so many things, little things like that in our lives. And they're not little, but un, unnoticed by other people. How, mm-hmm. how you mm-hmm. receive what ugly things people say to you is unnoticed yeah. by someone else. And that, that, sets in to depression that just puts another piece in the jigsaw puzzle of depression and yeah and things that we need to take care of ourselves will help with that and we have to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and each other so did i interrupt some of the things you wanted to say i got off on a tangent no (laughs) i think that's all i wanted to get at you know i could talk all day about how my job's been making me feel Mm -hmm. you know I feel like all I've done has been working I've been had a student with me who you know when I talk about my job I'm like oh my god is my job awful (laughs) like oh my god am I having a terrible time and I am I unhappy you know I would yeah it's it's just been a struggle Mm -hmm. but then when I have less patience and I can be you know, a better nurse to each patient makes me feel so wonderful. Like, I leave my job so fulfilled. Such a good day. Like, yeah, I had this really, really sick patient. He'd been on the floor, you know, for about a month. And I knew I was going to have a lot of free time that night because I only had four patients as opposed to six. And um, I had time to, like, give him a bath Mm -hmm. because we are usually six to one. And we'll have, like, one tech who is, like, the person that helps you change and um, bathe people. And most of the time, it's just impossible to get all the nursing stuff done, let alone, you know, get somebody a bath. And so I was so excited Mm -hmm. to get to give him a bath because it had been so long. Mm -hmm. And just it made me feel so good. Mm Don't discount the little things. Mm-hmm. Let that good feeling carry you yeah. with anything. When you're depressed and some one tiny little thing 
makes you feel better, ride that wave. Oh, I am. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm like, never mind. I love my job. Like, (laughs) now that I had, like, one good shift. But, man, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just awful. I had one woman who was so just mean to me. Like, why do you? I I can take confused. You know, I work on a neuro floor, so I get a lot of confused people, a lot of people whose thinking is skewed. Um, She was not a particular neuro patient. You know, she was completely with it. Um, but she was just mean, just mm-hmm. mean, just mean and hateful. And that, that just, that just breaks it you down. It you down. Oh and my she's goodness. She's probably depressed for some reason, you know? Yeah. It, it, it just, it, it builds and it builds and it builds. And it's, it's important for us to watch out for each other as human beings. Mm-hmm. It's just important for us to watch out for each other. Oh. You look so depressed right now. Don't be depressed. I'm now. thinking about that patient. No, see, oh stop. my goodness. Let's she ride makes on me the wave. So mad. It makes me so mad to think about her. Ride on the wave that we are here. I'll take you out and show you my new flowers. We'll uh you know, take a walk around the neighborhood, whatever you feel like doing. It's a it's a pretty day. I've got some things coming straight in my face in the next couple of days that I'm not ready to think about yet. Yeah. And um We'll probably have a follow-up on that soon. Yeah. But um, maybe with an update on our family situation, yeah. we may leave it private. We'll see. I mean, it's very relevant. It's very <laughs> relevant, but uh, I'm not sharing anything without everybody's explicit permission. permission. Yeah. This is me and Emily telling our stories because we wanted to get our stories out. But when, we, right. when you bring someone else in the mix, I want to make sure they know what we're talking about. So anyway... Take care of each other. Yes. There'll be phone numbers in the notes. Yes. I believe We always put like National Suicide Hotline in the note. We put um, National Childhood Abuse Hotline in the notes. Let me see what else we have. Um, Sexual Abuse Hotline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I always put, yeah, Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. So those are in there. Um, obviously, you can Google those. but And our email, because I read the messages. I yeah. promise you, I try to get back to everybody. But questions, stories, surviving on wine and cuss words at gmail.com. We have the Instagram, which we don't mm-hmm. do much with. I kind of like to post out on Instagram when we actually record an episode right, and it's right, going to come right, right. out. We don't do much with that, but you can send messages there. I've got messages there. Um, And the P.O. Box. We have a P.O. Box. If you just don't even want it to be an electronic footprint of something that you Mm -hmm. write, you can write. We have our P.O. Box in our description, too. A scribbled note and bring it in. I got an email a couple of weeks ago, actually, from a very, very special cork will be going up on the wall. Oh, yeah. But it was an anonymous anonymous, like anonymous anonymous. And there was no detail to the story, mm-hmm. but it was to say, thank you. Oh. And, and here it is. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that touches your heart. And I said, you know, I, I, I responded, there's going to be a special cork up there. And I have that cork just haven't put a hook in it to put it up there yeah (laughs) but um you know we have things coming for everyone we still have to get robert in here yeah because he wants to come and talk too about his experiences so reach out to us both as a survivor and as a mental health specialist so we are so lucky to have a mental health specialist (laughs) coming into the family yeah (laughs) you have no idea (laughs) it's great so Maybe we'll be planning a wedding soon. We got a lot coming. Oh my but, goodness. Um, I have to do that. Yeah, you do. You got to set a date first. Well, I have an idea, but there is no date without a location. That's right. Well, you know, we'll get to work on that too. So we won't oh leave goodness. that behind. It'll I'm going to go lay on the couch. No, it's okay. <laughs> One I'm bite so at a time. One bite at a time. Oh, I'm only half kidding. No, no. I know. Well, thank you guys. We love you. We believe yes. you. 
We want to hear from you. And you did your best today. Absolutely. You look beautiful. Absolutely. I'm happy you're here. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we will put out our next episode as soon as we can. Absolutely. Um, Thank and you. shoot us an email if you, if you questions, comments, concerns. Surviving on wine and cuss words at gmail.com. And surviving on wine and cuss words dot com dot com there's a website there too. is a website that's right so. it just links to everything else. that's right but that's okay all right well, guys, guys thank you and have, have a, a great week yes and a great month and a yeah. great day and a good year and a good life yay yeah even though there's gonna be bad days yes tomorrow will come yep bye bye <laughs> bye <laughs>